Hello and welcome to the Dr. Squee Show podcast for this week, taken from my radio show. Some of the music will be trimmed shorter, but if it is played in full, it is with full permission of the artist. Otherwise, it's trimmed for rights reasons. Please enjoy this podcast, and if you want to catch us live, you can catch us on the Bear.Live every Thursday, 8pm till 10pm UK time. For now, please enjoy this week's show. Welcome to the show with your friend and mine. So tell me, Dr. Squee, who's it gonna be this time? We like to hear you talk, and we love to hear you listen. And if you are not subscribed, you won't know what you're missing. So welcome to the Dr. Squee Show. Welcome to the Dr. Squee Show. Hi, this is Bill Obers Jr., and you're listening to The Dr. Squee Show here on The Bear. Stay tuned. Don't leave. Don't make me go all creepy on your ass. Hello, and welcome to The Dr. Squee Show. I'm Dr. Squee, and this indeed is my show. Guys, uh, this is an exciting one as well, because we are coming to you from the first time, for the first time, from my new computer. Much uh, built up in legend before now uh, we finally got it all set up i really hope this is coming through okay i've got this little fear that this isn't broadcasting but hopefully it is all the signs look right uh so look just message me if, if you know you're hearing this uh guys it's been um somewhat of a week look, actually we'll, we'll get to that in a second but i should say my guest tonight is trevor lock um awesome improvised a comedian who's traveled the world with his fantastic brand a surrealist comedy uh, absolute joy to talk to and we'll be playing that interview later on in the show we've got the big question of the week in fact this week we've got two of them now um i thought it'd be fun seeing as the uk got nil point in eurovision which we were talking about last week i thought it'd be fun to uh, ask the question what were your nil point moments in life and i did that and people misunderstood what I meant, so they started just talking about the competition and why we got nil poire and why they think that it was um, either just or unjust or what we could do to solve it. So I put up another one, which was um, the big question of the week was instead, who would you send? If you could send anyone to represent the UK for Eurovision, who would you send? And you came up with loads of answers. And then I started getting some actual answers for the nil point moment. So we got two questions. And Nicola's going to be joining me to go through those in just a bit. Um, but yeah, guys. Um, yeah, it's been a week. Uh, I think the one thing which really hit me is it's where we are after a year of lockdown. And the fact that, you know, stuff here in the UK or in England especially is starting to ease up a bit at a time. I just had this song earlier. It's by Luke Combs, who's um, someone who... Our last station manager is a big fan of, uh, and they were they had this story about um, you know stuff he's been doing during lockdown, and they put this link to it on the BBC website to this song, uh, Six Feet Apart, and man, I just nearly broke down crying. I, I did shed a tear or two. I'm not gonna lie, because uh, just what a year, man. Uh, what a year plus. Uh, what a kind of pandemic we've had. Uh, so. Just a reminder, as always, to look after yourselves and each other. And, um, you know, we've almost got through it. I'm having my second jab this weekend. Very much looking forward to it and being fully protected after plus three weeks. Because you've got to remember, it takes three weeks to ferment inside your arm. 
And along with that, I've been on a potato diet this week. I'll tell you all about that a bit later. But yeah, I've been just eating potatoes and drinking water this week. And right now, oh my God, um, I'm ready for food. I, I just look, I, I don't feel that hungry, but I'm ready for food. I will tell you more about that in a bit, though. Let's kick it off with some tunes. So given that it's been a nice, summery, summer's day, uh, or spring day at least, we're going to kick it off with the Bare Naked Ladies, and this is Summertime. Summertime. That was summertime for the bare naked ladies. Uh, we are actually going to go to another tune in a second. I just want to apologize because uh, I believe you would have heard about half of summertime by the bare naked ladies uh, due to some technical issues. I did say we're working from a new computer, so we are working a few things out. Uh, I just had it on the wrong setting to broadcast the music out, but you don't need to worry about that. You need to hear another fantastic summary tune. So let's go over to Dr. Jones by Aqua. And by the way, if you listen to the podcast or the repeat, hopefully the audio issue might have been fixed magically. Who doesn't love a bit of Aqua on a summer's day? Dr. Jones by Aqua. What a fantastic tune for a summery day. And uh, speaking of things which uh, bring to mind all things summer for me, I'm joined now by my woman, by my lady, by Nicola Gosling. Please welcome her to the show. Hello, Nicola, as I drop my phone. Yeah, you weirdo. Hello. I'm a weirdo. Well, you're engaged to me, so ha! Yeah, I know. But I'm just taking one for the team, that's all. For all the ladies out there. I mean, you, you take usually more than one for the team in a week. <laughs> How do you know about that? <laughs> <laughs> the postman tells me. <laughs> oh, it's the Sid James laugh and the look <gasps> at the end that attracted me to her first, you know. <laughs> yeah, Sid James fetish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, the fact that you've done your hair like him is just, just wonderful. Yeah, because that's it. So that's what I've done. I've gone for a mill. Short haircut with uh, grey and... Balding. Balding, you forgot. Oh, balding, yeah. yeah. Honestly. Okay, uh, we're going to go through the big question of the week answers. So we've got a couple of questions this week. In a first, I think, for the Dog the Squeeze show. You know, never before has it been seen. The two questions, one week, Nicola. You must be pretty excited. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Might as well just tell them about the potato diet instead. No, I'll tell you more about that later. But uh, let's go through these. That's um, the big question of the week. So uh, the first one is, what were your nilpois moments following on from the UK's crushing defeat in Eurovision? And you know what? C- kind of deserved. But look, we'll get to that anyway. But uh, we've got Gemma Williams has put, uh, oh, of course, from the Talking Codswallop podcast, coming to your ears very uh, soon, just after this show. So she's put weeing outdoors, as in when you're walking in the forest, except not on my, uh, the busy high street. Gem, don't lie, we've seen it. In your own personal nil pois, it's my own personal nil pois. My aim is never that good. 
or has never been good. I mean, you know, I I didn't think you women could do that because, like, of aiming issues. I'm not saying us blokes are are great with the aim. I'm sure Jem wasn't stood up trying to wee. I don't know. I think she just cocks leg and, you know, much like the dogs. I mean, I don't know. But, yeah, no, I mean, the weeing bit, though, when when we go LARPing... Um, when you go LARPing... Live have, action role play. Sorry, I just assume everyone knows. Um, live action role play. They have these like portaloos in the actual live action role play arena, if I can call it that. In the field. In the field. <laughs> I was making it sound all posh. Like now there was you... a lion going to come out and start sort of fighting with us like an arena. I mean, you go to posh camps and everything, which are lovely, but but it's it's in a field. You yeah. Know? yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, but it makes you feel like you're actual there and part of it. It's not. Yeah, I, I, and I like the fact that portaloos are kind of put to one side and yeah, it's all so discreetly done. The portaloos are very discreet. However, on day one, the portaloos are very clean. So it's quite nice. By day two, they are absolutely disgusting, and I won't. So I actually spend most of my week <laughs> weeing behind bushes. Because <laughs> when you come out of the live-action role-play, you're camping, and you've got a proper toilet facilities. But while you're in there, you either walk all the way back, or you just wee in a bush. So I spent a lot of my time weeing in bushes over that weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. wee in a bush. Uh, Kath- <laughs> Catherine Tavner has put... Falling up some stairs outside Canada Square and Canary Wharf during rush hour. Falling upstairs, that's impressive, like you just roll up there. <laughs> that is what you get for wearing wide leg, long length trousers. I cried like a baby. Oh, Catherine. Yeah, no, I, f- I feel horrible, but wide length trousers, yeah, I, I kind of get that. You just trip over them all the time. See, the problem is, I put this question up. I'm kind of glad we've got a second question, Louis, because I put it up and it's just all about the worst moments in people's lives. I'm like, this is meant to be a show about kindness, amongst other things. That's what you wanted, Neil Point. It means... No, no, they they gave me exactly what I asked for, but then I realised, like, oh, this is it's just cruddy moments for people and I sort of regretted putting the question out so they're not in the wrong I am I love this it's like it's like a case of oh this is what I want you to answer but I really don't want you to answer that. no it's it's about asking something then when you get it you're going oh yeah no no this isn't good it's um I think it was on the Practical Jokers they did one of them and yeah where they set themselves challenges and they have punishments at the end and they set themselves one punishment oh no it wasn't it was in the Ricky Gervais radio show with Carl Pilkington they got him to do something. I can't even remember what it was. But like they were watching it, they were going, it's like, why did we ask for this to happen? I don't want to watch this anymore. It's kind of one of those moments. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'm sorry, guys, but um, our only yeah, other I answer. Okay. I hope you're okay. No, yeah, you're you're obviously. Uh, yeah. Not you. No, obviously, I hope. Oh. I hope uh, my good <laughs> my good friend oh, Catherine's fine. okay. I thought you were going for self-pity then. <laughs> Thanks, Catherine. She's known as true. I've always known as Teresa. I don't know as Catherine Teresa Tabner. Ah. Taberna, sorry. Mm, anyway. Um, Rebecca has put, Rebecca Dunbar. Having the seat collapse on my first ever uni lecture, about 250 people, I was late as always, so literally everyone saw and heard it. Oh, man, look, I, that's one at least we can empathise with. We can kind of show some heart. For, we've all had that moment. Like when something collapses on you. I remember once, it was the night of the prom for my um, secondary school. And because, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't one of the popular kids back then. I didn't go because, you know, just it just seemed to be hanging around with a bunch of dicks, to be honest with you. So I didn't go. And I went out and helped Dad with some deliveries. My dad is a chemist, so, you know, delivering out to the town. When we got back, there was a box of stuff to carry in. So I think we're dropping off some stuff, probably picked some something off from somewhere. 
I went to carry it in and someone from the window, one of the people who wasn't so shitty, kind of waved to me. And so I went to wave back. So I had this box in both hands. I kind of quickly put the box against my body, held it in one hand and waved. But like, this is one of those boxes with handles and that handle broke then. And it kind of felt, I just managed to catch it before it went to the floor. But cue anyone else who was looking out the windows just laughing at, at my ass. So because I, sh I should add that like my dad's chemist shop, which we lived above and my mum still lives there, was across the road from the town hall in Romsey where I grew up. And so yeah, everyone at the prom, it was across the road. So loads of people from the prom saw me. That was, that was a pretty bad nil point moment. Got one. I was trying to think of what constitutes a nil point moment, and I know it's like shitty things that happen, but there's so many. <laughs> was it every day before you met me? Well, this is the thing. I'm trying to balance whether it's every day before, or every day after. Only fair. Only fair. I mean, I did have one incident. Just thinking of uh, your lady there who fell over her trousers. I was once. Um, my lady of the trousers lady of the trousers i can sympathize because i was walking down my sister's this is why sometimes i just like to make sure i hands free just in case with stairs because i once fell down my sister's stairs um i wasn't holding on to anything and i was looking at something at the time and i just went and literally went straight down and i was heavily bruised all up about my legs and then about uh, about a couple of months or a month later i found out i was pregnant with danielle my daughter she's 24 now yeah so but i mean it explains a lot <laughs> <laughs> we are a house of wind-up merchants or me. <laughs> both <laughs> yeah but um yeah so but uh, she, i was so early pregnant at the time it wouldn't have hurt her and you know wouldn't have harmed in any way but I, yeah is that why her head like leans to one side and every now and again she goes Durp. yeah that's the one I thought so. Yeah, she was actually in uh, uh, Hot Fuzz. You might have seen her. Yeah. Yarp. Supermarket, yeah. <laughs> Narp. <laughs> Honestly. Hot Fuzz, one of the greatest films. I love that film. Oh. Love the Cornetto trilogy. Yeah. So this is the answers now. We move over. Um, actually, sorry. Let's play another tune, and then we're going to go for our second big question of the week yes a record-breaking second big question of the week where we speak about who you'd send to eurovision so uh what we're going to go for now spare presence of the united states of america Ooh, and oh like that one. sorry which one do you like oh sorry i was thinking of a song yeah wh which one no i can't remember the name of it sorry they, they've done more than one song you know i was thinking of something totally else i was thinking of a song oh oh i thought you were no. Think of Lump, which is one of their biggest no, hits, or no. Kitty. But we've gone for something a bit different. This is uh, President's United States of America. Hopefully this one will play. And this is We're Not Gonna Make It. We're not going to make it. The presence of the United States of America. So we hope you enjoyed that one. Uh, now we're on to our second big question of the week. That, that seemed like a short song. Yeah. 
but but again so uh we're gonna go back to the answers now so this is who you would send to the eurovision song contest to represent the uk nicola any ideas for you no because i i was trying to think who i dislike enough to get nil points because it's i don't feel it matters who you are or what you're this one wasn't very good i'll be honest with you it didn't tick my box anyway i'm sure some people loved it um but i couldn't think of anyone that i wanted to get nil point you see uh, this one reminded me of there was one a few years ago uh what did we learn did you learn at school today and it was this guy who was trying to be all down with the kids but looked like definitely someone's dad in their 30s or 40s so like, what did you learn in school today that's what they used to say <laughs> and it just it was embarrassing and i i'm sorry but i felt that way about this year's entry we should wish him all the love like i, I I know it must be so difficult to go up and do that. He seems like actually a nice bloke. He took it with good humour. Yeah. But the tune just was no good. Look, I mean, because we've got uh, Martin Crofts, our friend, the Pan Man, um, as some of you may remember from uh, Britain's Got Talent, good friend of mine now. And he put, it doesn't matter because we lose anyway. And that exactly. echo, well, yeah. well, well, that sentiment was also echoed by Stephen Wickham, who uh, uh, played some of the creatures in uh, Red Dwarf, actually. Oh, so I'm just name dropping very minor celebrities there, but uh, great people though, great people. Celebrities in our world. Oh, major to us. I'm just. I think both of them would admit that they're not the most famous people in the world. He was also Steve Wickham was also in Doctor Who a few times. Don't you think that a major celebrity and a minor celebrity is different to different people? It, it doesn't matter. Could I continue with the thing? I'm just, just pointing out where you're wrong. That's all. Uh, that's nice. On my radio show. Jeez. <laughs> See what I have to deal with here, people. Uh, look, I, I just want to say. It's all good and well to say it doesn't matter. They make us lose anyway. It's all political, blah, blah, blah. Why don't we send a good act first and then we can say that. Let's let's try sending our best and then if it doesn't work then, then we can win. But we've been sending shit for the last 10 years. I don't think we would get in. I mean, I you, we'd still be low points even with sending someone half decent. Right, two things. One, we have waved our dicks in Europe's face. Like, that is going to have a, an effect on... Ha- well, like they were asking for, uh, quite literally. No, the, the amount of people in Europe who've got pissed off with us over Brexit, it's not surprising, to be honest with you. Uh, and I think, again, just let's send someone really fucking good. I like someone had a good suggestion. Oh, actually, well, well, we'll read your suggestions and I'll have a little ponder on, on, on who I think would be a good idea. Oh, do we get to pick one? Yeah, that's why I was asking you. I don't mean me pick one. Pick one of the ones suggested. Okay. Well, Bethany Annabelle Nicholas, our good friend, has, she's put uh, Will Farrell, and of course he played um, uh, in the Eurovision film they did a little while ago. The, okay. the Song of Ice and Fire or something? Or is that good? Uh, no. Uh, ah, I'm, I'm getting wrong. I think that was the name of one of the uh, Game of Thrones books, actually. But yeah. Okay. She suggested sending um, Will Farrell. He was obviously in the Eurovision film. That'd be a fun choice. Yeah. Uh, ben Gummery, a good friend as well, has put Bill Bailey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not only a great singer, full of fun, but also I think uh, what he's been doing, just to, to still be taking risk at his age. You know, I'm not saying he's ancient, but like uh, he went on uh, Dancing with the Stars and uh, won that. Yeah. And he was amazing. Was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was. I just is there anything that guy can't do? Say fuck yes, yeah, send him to Eurovision. I was just thinking on the back of that. What about Tim Minchin? We could. That would. Be he's fun. Australian. 
I mean, I know, I, I know that Will Farrell isn't English either, but we did say any. No, we did say you could send anyone for this. So go. On. Yeah, you could, you could. I'm not saying I would send him, but I'm just saying, just throwing out there. Okay, I like it. Uh, James Kitto has put steps. Actually, that's a really good choice for Eurovision. They've got that kind of Eurovision style, definitely in the ABBA mold. I think they could do something really cool. I, they're not my kind of band, naturally, but... Did, did one of them... Do you know what? I, I'm, I think I'm thinking of Simon from Blue. He did it one year, didn't he? Or maybe... I believe so. Steps, someone in from Steps have a go at it. I can't remember now. I don't think anyone from Steps. I know Big I, Brothers once uh, tried out to be the our act and didn't get through. I was going to say, they sort of do preliminaries. And they, Easy for you to say. Yep. And uh, so they might not have done it, but yeah, some sort of... It's like, didn't um, Katie Price once try out as well? She was in the, la- like, fight. Yeah, before you go, you get picked out. Don't we pick someone out of, like, Yeah, yeah, five yeah, they, they have the acts, then we she pick which one there. we want to send. She did a song, I'm sure. I think in the past they've done this way. I think in recent years it's been chosen for us. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they did for a while. They had... picking the, Katie Price, oh, my God, there's a singer for you. Yeah. Uh, Robert Cowley has put uh, this one. Reason it's perfect. United King Dolls versus Banana Rama drama, Banana Drama mashup. I I have no idea, but it's from RuPaul's Drag Race, so could be fun. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know that. Um, I I haven't watched Drag Race to know those acts, but uh, yeah, sounds Mark Kirby has put Beyonce. I just like to see them do the mental gymnastics to justify giving the biggest artist on the planet zero points. Exactly. Let's send someone good, then they can uh, turn us down. Well, Beyonce's American, right? Which you knocked me. No, no, no. I did say. I did correct myself. I said if you could pick anyone, that's the question. So people are sick of that. Also, Mark, I think Ian would just be so up for that. I don't Beyonce know. Beyonce shaking anything would be. Well, because she's a very talented artist. Yeah. I don't know why you're reducing her to anything less than that, Nicola. I, I, well, she's beautiful. I'm not reducing her to anything. I'm just saying that you know. I think I know which one you're going to pick out of the list. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why you to assume that. I don't know. I know just <laughs> thinking Shakira, and you're done. <laughs> Quite literally. Okay, <laughs> Regina. Well, sticking in. Uh, no, anyway. Um, Regina Curran has put uh, Monty Python, Eric Idle. Well, you know, Monty Python might be a bit difficult. We lost a couple of them. Yeah. Eric Idle, though, I think would do great. Yeah. He would come up with something really fun. Yeah. Do you know one? I've got. I've decided mine. From Queen, Roger Taylor. I absolutely. He's a really good singer in his own right. He's released quite a few albums. Doesn't he live a quite? John Deacon, you're thinking. Sorry, John yeah. Deacon is a recluse. Yeah. Uh, Brian May, look, he's okay, but he's he's kind of, kind of got quite a light, soft voice. I love uh, Roger Taylor's got a really gravelly voice. Yeah. He'd be brilliant, I think. And he's he's had some really great tunes. Um, so we've got Tom Lissus, who was in um, Due South, um, you know, now a Facebook friend of mine. He's put that he would do a... <laughs> Sorry, Nicholas just calling the dog while we're doing this. I mean, gee, I just talk about Ramshackle Show. He was barking probably. He was barking probably squirrels. And now he's licking the microphone. Brilliant. Anyway, he's put, Tom Lissus has put that him and our good buddy um, John Wright, who manages the Due uh, South events, like he's one of the Armani. people who helps run them. Yeah, Armani John, as we know him on our sister podcast, Due South by Southeast, which you should check out now. 
I will go and they, do that. They've just said them duetting, uh, singing medley of Celine Dion's greatest hits. I, I, apparently they do a ventriloquist act. I don't know who's the dummy and who's the talker, but um, I think Celine Dion hits. I think you have to come up with an original song, don't you? Anyway. It's a bit like our relationship, isn't it? And uh, Elliot Byers has put, send me, we lose anyway, so Europe should make suffer for... Yeah, yeah, okay, we get it, we get it. Oh, we said to Elliot, is he going to, like, fall on the sword? So again, Elliot, who who is from the uh, Retrack podcast. And we're he's just also our friend, bizarrely. <laughs> like, yeah, we're just advertising all our different <laughs> shows. so cool. He makes the most amazing Star Trek models. And I think he has his own YouTube uh, channel, doesn't he, for it? Retrack Studios. Yeah. on YouTube. Out, and while you're there, hey, you can follow the Dr. Scree show. That's all I'm going to say. Retrack. Follow Retrack as well. Yeah, Retrack, I think, on Facebook. Anyway, look, <laughs> let's not go plugs mad here. Guys, please do check out all those places, though, and thank you for all your answers to the big questions of the week. Yes. We're very pleased with those. I um, thinking also that Kelsey Grammer might be quite cool. Yeah, yeah, amazing set of pipes. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of British acts, though. Um, <gasps> the answer is right behind us on the wall here, Peter Capaldi. He's a singer, plays guitar. Okay, and then he could duo with his son. No, nef- no, no. Actually, oh, I think it's uh, second cousin oh, once removed yeah, or something like yeah, that. He's yeah. uh, distantly related to uh, Lewis Capaldi, which I think would be another good one. Yeah. Well, what about Lewis Capaldi? That's what I'm saying. I yeah. think that would be a great one too. Anyway, guys, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Nicola. Oh, okay. Are you done with me now? Oh, no, you can <laughs> say... Well, I'm not going to finish with you just for these insulting comments you made. <laughs> uh, Nicola, I was going to tell them about the potato diet. So... Uh, so what I've decided to do to kickstart a bit of weight loss. So a couple of years ago, I lost four stone and I did it in a couple of months. And one of the ways in which I did that was to go on potatoes. And you just go on potatoes and drink water for a week or two. I've only ever managed a week. I'm attempting two weeks this time. I'm four days in. I've lost. I'm coming up on a stone weight loss. So it's really successful. By the way, anyone who's worried, I drink electrolyte water, which helps replace electrolytes. Um because that's the only thing which I've ever had ill effects from this. I've done this third time. You've got to space it out. You don't do this too often because that would be bad for your body. You don't starve yourself, of course. Thank you, Benny, for background effects there. It's just scraping our chair to bits, so that's nice. Uh, so, so, Benny. Nicola, just go over there. <laughs> it's going, Benny, Benny, because that won't turn up on the mic. Nicola, oh, which way I asked you to do it was so to come on. Don't click your fingers. Ah! Say professional. Anyway, so um, I'm doing two weeks on potatoes and I, I have really got to that stage where, yeah, I, I will just cut a bitch for, for something which isn't a potato to eat. Uh, I mean, I'm not hungry at all, but man, I miss real food. But um, yeah, it's, it's four days in, doing okay. Yeah, you're doing really well, but obviously not um, not great if you've maybe got a health condition or something. You've got any health conditions, please do consult a doctor before you do this. You should really do that anyway. I have done the past, but this is like my third potato diet. Again, spaced out over years, not done in close succession. This is not a, a, a alternative eating lifestyle. Yeah. This, well, what it does is you lose a lot of weight in the one or two weeks, depending on how long you do it for. I'm going to try the two weeks this time. And then after that, your palate's reset. Mm. So everything tastes great and you can really taste the food. So you have small portions, you feel full up quicker. And the food just tastes great. Like vegetables just taste awesome. So it's 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 worth doing, but under caution. Uh, so guys, I will keep you posted on that next week. 
But for now, let's go over to some tunes and then into that uh, interview which we had earlier in the week, or I had, with Trevor Locke. So first of all, let's go for a bit of Papa Roach and Last Resort. Awesome. Love that one. I was singing that earlier because you were playing it. And I was yeah, yeah, I test played it. Yeah, and I was just sort of started singing and I thought, hang on, why am I singing this? Well, because the thing you'd hate is for go on live radio and then go to a tune and it'll be playing in your headphones and it's not playing yeah, to anyone else. Well, yeah, it wasn't playing. You'd finish playing it and then I'm singing it. But I had No, 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 I meant I played my first tune tonight and oh. it played only to me. And then I realised on the radio, it just had me making random sound effects because my mic wasn't muted. So no music, mic not muted. <laughs> I've got to say, this new setup is wonderful, but the buttons are all in a slightly different place, and that's the excuse I'm going to use, and I'm going to stick to it. But anyway, we're going to hear in a little bit Meatloaf, uh, Bad I've Held, before the interview with uh, Trevor Lock. But let's go over now to Last Resort. This is Papa Roach. Oh, it's not playing the wrong tune. <laughs> oh, professional. Okay, this is Papa Roach, Last Resort. We're professionals! My life into pieces This is my last resort Suffocation No breathing Don't give a fuck if I cut my arm Tonight, welcome a guest rescheduled from the other day. He's a stand-up comedian who's uh, traveled the world, uh, offering them his unique blend of uh, surrealist improvised stand-up. Please welcome Trevor Lock to the Dr. Squee Show. Hello, Trevor. Hi, hi. How are you doing, Dr. Squee? Yeah, very good. And yourself? Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. Yeah. How has this year been uh, in comedy uh, when you know, we could say that perhaps it hasn't been most supported? No, no. Well, um, I've only had only done one show, so yeah, it's really good actually. Yeah, best year ever. <laughs> How have you been coping with it? Fine, just I just ignore it and um, you know pretend nothing's happening. I mean, nothing's happening, so you know I just carry on. I don't care. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, uh, some people have died, and obviously um, that's very sad. But um, uh, I didn't do it, so uh, you know, yeah, just. Um, I don't know. It's ask ask a scientist. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's absolutely fine. Although we will now remove you from our inquiries. We're just going to solely go for COVID as the responsible party now. Yeah. Uh, for yourself, sir, uh, how did you first get started in comedy? Um, I I, uh, I did. Um... The, the, there was a, a comedy show at my uh, university and they asked me to host it. So that's how I started a long time ago at university with, um, I think my first, uh, my first lineup, I think was, um, Bill Bailey was, was, was the act that I had to introduce. Oh, wow. How was yeah. that? And um, like, uh, what, a, what a, a, a first kind of person to introduce was, like by then he would have already been kind of uh, quite known on the scene. I mean, I know I, I had no idea who he was. I mean, I didn't know anything about comedy, um, and um, I just remember he was very funny. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I didn't know. I had, I had nothing. I don't think I'd, I'd never seen a live stand-up show before, so uh, I, I had no idea what I was doing. But he was very funny. Yeah, it was a it was a sharp learning curve. <laughs> was it just a case of like just the opportunity came up, so you thought you'd give it hmm. a go? What kind of like uh, drew you to comedy? Um, I like just like I don't like making people laugh. That's that's about it, really. Simple as that. Um, and um, I suppose I've made people laugh at university, and they said, "Oh, what, what, the, we've booked in this comedy night. Why don't you uh, host it?" Because they also knew nothing about comedy. Um, and um, yeah, it was um, it was terrifying. It was very exciting, very terrifying. I very quick. I, I did about uh, the, the, the shows. I think came every other every other week. So um, yeah, it was it was extraordinary. You know, I, my first six shows was. Bill Bailey, Dylan Moran, Sean Locke, Al Murray. Yeah, um, yeah, really incredible. You know, yeah. Obviously, now you're known for the uh, improvisation, but was <laughs> did that come as a result of that just going into comedy, or was it something you already kind of like uh, just had a knack for? Well, I just had a sort of a knack for it. I didn't realise you could write jokes. I thought I thought they were all, I thought they just were all really funny. I thought they could. <laughs> I thought. I mean, I tried, <laughs> that seemed like I cheating. I just thought they were better than me. I just thought, because, you know, and then, and then I realised, it took me a long time to realise that you can actually write things down, you know, like actors do, and learn them. <laughs> um, so then, then, then I eventually started learning to write jokes and, and remember them. But that took how, me did those, how did those first few gigs go then? <laughs> just going very up badly, and just very like... badly. Very badly, but you don't know how, you know, when you're, if you don't know anything, ignorance is bliss. So, you know, you don't, uh, I mean, it's bliss for about 10 seconds before someone heckles you. Uh, we used to be heckled back then in the 90s. Um, and um, so, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was exhilarating. I had no idea what, what, what to do. So I, I, I could be fantastically awful and, um, uh, and without any shame, really, you know, there would be the uncomfortableness of not being, not not being able to do what everyone else could do, like not being able to make an audience laugh. But um, that didn't it didn't matter because uh, it was just the whole thing was so thrilling. Um, and uh, you know, years later, then I learned how you know you write jokes, you learn them, you say them in the right order, and uh, you know, and things can get better. Um, and now I. I, I've gone full circle, and <laughs> now I've I've stopped writing jokes. I, I still write them, but usually for other people. And um, um, now, now, now I do make it up um, uh, um, properly. <laughs> make it up properly. <laughs> and uh, like, I mean, how did you deal with uh, so like you know the reaction from these earlier gigs? You said about hecklers and stuff. Was that something which you were okay with to begin with? Mm. It was thrilling, absolutely thrilling. And, and, and until I re realized everyone's laughing at me and because of what that person had said, uh, you know, um, and then, then, you know, when I, when I started doing it on the circuit in London, I was terrified of hecklers because I would get them on a regular basis and, uh, uh you know, and, and they would be very good. They would, the hecklers were very, very good. Um, so, uh, it'd be like, I play a lot of chess now. And it'll be just basically like going on stage. It'd be like, it's like when you play somebody who's much better at chess with you. You can you can be you can lose a match with before you've even started. You know, within a couple of moves. And that's what it was like for me as a young comic. I could go out there even when I had some jokes. 
I, I could be destroyed within a couple of minutes uh, with, with, with some experienced heckles. Um, that's I just love the way you describe it as being thrilled by that experience, though. You know, how yeah, you when it like... does, you yeah. know, I used to get, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know about now, but I used to be a professional comedian, and uh, and I, I assume that I am the, 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 the professional comedian that has failed at comedy more than anyone else. And I, I, I can't imagine there's a there's somebody who, who made a living from comedy who has who has died on stage uh, as many times as I have. Um, and I think one of the reasons why is, is because it, it, from one point of view, it didn't bother me so much because it was still, even when, you know, people, <laughs> when a crowd of people are really very clearly not enjoying what you're doing, there's still an extreme buzz to it. There is an extreme excitement to it. And if you're extremely naive as I was, um, uh, you, you don't really notice. <laughs> that you know you don't really notice the consequences um so you know i i if i think about it now i imagine i ruined i literally ruined many comedy nights because you because you know you, you can be so bad that it makes it difficult for the rest of the <laughs> for the rest of the performers but it, but that that, that 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 the consequences never you know very slowly dawned on me um so uh yeah for me it was it, it, it was it was a it was a thrill. It became an addiction. I think it was. It was. It was. Uh, it, you, you get such a buzz, whether it goes well or whether it goes bad. A buzz was guaranteed. So if it went well, if you made people laugh, that was a, a lovely feeling. And it, and if in and in my case, it, it never went okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I didn't have the ability to just to to for, for people to enjoy my material and give me a round of applause. Uh, it, that that was that was so it went very well or extremely badly and both of those things uh, generate all kinds of uh, hormones and chemicals in the brain and um, and I think most of them are addictive so uh, yeah um, I think that's what happened to me I think I became addicted to I don't know what the chemicals are dopamine maybe serotonin uh, one of the ones I don't know e euphoria I don't know adrenaline probably i think i've got i think i've got a yeah, lot of adrenaline probably in there. yeah 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 <laughs> and you were saying about like you you're you the doctor huh? <laughs> um yeah i lost my license many years ago <laughs> but, uh, uh you were saying before about like you know how you felt like now in hindsight that you kind of uh would have ruined some kind of night so like how, how were you with the kind of uh, other acts on the bill at the time well i, I you know i didn't i don't know I, I, if i I've got, I've got, I have some kind of, I'm, so, I'm neurally, what do they call it? Neurally diverse. Yeah. I, I, this, I have something wrong with me. And, um, and I think, yeah, I think the way I relate to people, I don't know, there's a, something missing from how I relate to people, I think sometimes. And, um, so, uh, um, I, I'm, 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 I'm quite good now, I think with people or, 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 or I've learnt things but i think i was socially very uh, unskilled uh, unaware um so uh, uh you know i mean people probably would have called it sh some kind of shyness some some kind of introverted thing but um um i do remember working out that uh it wasn't the acts people that didn't like me <laughs> it was that you know they sort of 
dreaded being on the bill with me. There's a difference. It's not that they don't like you. They, they, they you know, as a person, they probably thought I was as, as, as fine as anyone else. But just the the consequences of being on a lineup with me, you know, um, yeah. So I, I think that that's I, yeah. I think that looking back, I think that explained um, certain things. I think yeah. Uh, <laughs> Because so I would, I didn't know. I didn't know. You know, I got an agent far too soon, uh, who who must have seen me do do well by a mistake, and then booked me in for for gigs that I was unable to do simply because I hadn't I hadn't seen gigs. I didn't know what was required. So you know, I I didn't know that it's important to to keep to time. It never occurred to me things like that, um, or that yeah, you know, try and. To try and find some stuff that works and then just do that for a while until you know <laughs> um don't don't do something different every single night um you know yeah but that seems to have worked in your favor <laughs> you know you you were playing the long game apparently oh I, I don't know i don't know how it's worked in my favor i don't know i mean it's you know i'm i uh I don't know. It's, you, you, no one chooses to be born, and um, so yeah, you have to deal with what what happens. But you know, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I, you can't do anything differently, can you? But um, I do occasionally remember. You know, I bumped I bumped into some comics l last week that I hadn't seen before, or that I really remember from when I started out, and then it sort of takes you back, and you're like, oh yeah, I, I really knew. There's so many things that I did completely had no idea about. Um, but, you know, I think some people are like that. Some people are extremely uh, blind to certain... Um, the, 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 it's like being colorblind, I think, or, or having a... or, or tone deaf, or, you know, you, there are, you, can, you can survive in the world totally well being colorblind but then in a, in a few precise situations uh that will be a tremendous disadvantage and i think that's that's what it is with me um i, I appear to be absolutely normal and i can function absolutely fine and then there's a couple of precise circumstances where i just don't see the stuff <laughs> and it just so happens that one of them is my job um but yeah you know, I think there's uh, something to some of the most interesting acts like that, though. You don't see it as as everyone else would see it. Like that's surely part of kind of making your comedy, your performance in in any um, area of show business your own. Is like you don't see see it how everyone else does. Yeah, well, that, that's I think that's trivially true for everybody. Everybody has their own point of view. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I think um, you know, and, we'll, and and obviously we'll we'll never know what we don't see. We never we never know what it's like. Mm. Uh, for, for, to be somebody else and we can we can we can never know that we are experiencing the same thing that, that everybody else is experiencing that that is that is true yeah um but um you know with with experience i have learned very slowly i've i've learned wow you know i really knew so little about uh the the the, the sort of stand-up comedy world um and it, it, it was sort of a, a wonder it's a testament to how nice people are, really, that I, I wasn't completely spat out. Um. 
I just love the fact that it's almost like you create stand-up com comedy for yourself. Like you didn't, you. It sounds like you hadn't seen stand-up com comedy. No, I hadn't. Before. I hadn't. I mean, I, mean I, I do remember. You know, it was a it was a real dawn. It was like a moment of wow. People are people are learning jokes and and saying them. You know, I thought that was. You know, I thought I'd I'd come up with that idea. I could I can I could cheat. Um, I could come up with some jokes. I could prepare some, and this one, well, yeah, that's that's what you would do, isn't it? That's what they do. <laughs> so, yeah, I had to invent that, but but I invented that idea, uh, you know, <laughs> after having failed at doing it. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I kind of love that. Um, so, uh, how did you get uh, involved with uh, Lee and Herring with uh, Richard, not Judy? Um, because a friend of mine, so Abby, Abby Bedes, um used to go out with Richard Her uh, uh, Jeremy Herring, and Jeremy Herring um, used to direct Richard Herring's plays. Jeremy Herring's now a, a, a proper uh, West End uh, theatre director, and um, and uh, but at the time he was uh, directing um, Richard Herring's comedy you know fringe edinburgh fringe stuff and uh so it was a sort of nepotism really because i because I, I sort of hung around with with abby and jeremy and i think i did a i did a terrible show i wrote a, a one again this is the thing if you don't know what you're doing you can do anything i so i i wrote and performed a one-man show it was it was it wasn't comedy it wasn't theater. god knows what it was but but abby came along and and Jeremy came along, and I don't think I was, and and he needed he needed a young actor, um, uh, to play the young Richard Herring in Richard Herring's new play, and um, and so he he uh, auditioned me, and uh, I think Richard, well obviously didn't mind that I was he, they chose me to be in it, so I was in Richard Herring's play. And you know, this is an example. This, so this is basically how I get through in life. So um, Richard Herring, uh, very kind and generous man. Um, I, I, I do his play, which was just an extraordinary leap for me to go because you know he had already had. He was he was you know a successful comedian doing this play at the Edinburgh Festival. I'm in it, and uh, and so you know he pays for everything, and then he's doing his. TV show as a sort of fringe tryout, trying out the dry running the, the TV show live at the Edinburgh Festival, and uh, and just 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 be nice to us. I think just as an excuse to give us a per diem, you know, because it's the fringe, you don't expect to be paid. Um, yeah, as an excuse to give me some money, uh, he said you can be in. Uh, being the the live show and then <laughs> i just think they forgot they forgot to take us out when it came to tv because they're very nice people and uh and so when it came to tv uh, the show changed dramatically because it was a tv show but because they're lovely people they kept kept me in it um so that's how i uh that's what happened there 
room. And, and what was that like being around? That was just the most anarchic kind of uh, unusual show. And it was just, uh, I think their comedy for me was kind of one of the uh, defining ones of, of the 90s. Yeah. Um, well, I, I would know because I didn't pretty much watch much else. Um, but, <laughs> um, it was a wonderful time. You know, they're lovely, lovely people and everyone who works with them is as well. So I met really um, very nice people. And obviously uh, uh, it goes without saying how talented, you know, Kevin Eldon was in it, Paul Putnam. Oh, amazing. Emma Kennedy, um, uh, Richard uh, Thomas. Um, you know, it was ex uh, amazing. And um, and I, again, you know, I, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I shouldn't, I didn't deserve, you know, like they all deserved to be in it. And I, I you know, I, I had there was no merit for me to be in it um it was just that you know um i learned a lot from richard herring and uh stuart lee and uh one of the things i learned is uh you know really they were examples of how to behave uh, they were they were role models for me brilliant comedians yeah well everybody knows that but mm -hmm. they were kind unnecessarily kind and generous you know um it's it's uh yeah uh that that that's that, that, and, I, and i didn't realize that at the time probably because that was very early on in my experience of, of the industry and 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 then since then you know having been involved in it for for decades now uh you realize oh my god no those this is that they really were special are special you know that the, the, their way of that their yeah, unnecessarily kind, and that's that's yeah. not something that you generally think of uh, when you think of the uh, show business, the TV industry, um, famous, successful people. <laughs> so, was it a case of at the time? Did you feel like because you know, obviously, for anyone who doesn't know that show, you know, you'd come on as it was Trevor and Natalie. Who'd come on to to wheel out trolleys? Basically, they they'd kind of do a bit of shtick with you, and then that was kind of your section of the show. Yeah, and, it's, and, it's and, it's and now I've told you that you look at the show and you go, oh yeah, they don't need to be in it. <laughs> no, know? I love it. I love they, it. They they just they were just kind to me and Natalie, and they and 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 I think you know once we were in the show, they didn't have the hearts to to knock us out, and uh, and they kept us in and they made it work. Um, but yeah, that's the point. You know. The, 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 they didn't come up with this segment. They're like, oh, we've got to find someone with a, we need to do a casting for someone with a small face. <laughs> and, um, you know, we, we, we need a, a, a beautiful woman to be his sidekick. No, it's like, that's who they got left over from the, from the Edinburgh Festival. Some, you know, we, we, were, we were necessary for the play, but the play uh, was over. They put, they put us in the live show and then just, well, let's just find something for them then let's find something for them and they did and they kept us in and it was great for two series um yeah <laughs> that seems and like then, and then afterwards the and then and then when the tv show finishes <laughs> uh, stuart lee um takes me on tour with him yeah 
Uh, yeah, that must have been like again. Did this daunt you at all, or was it just another like uh, Trevor? Ah, you know, let's let's do this now. It's just it, he, uh, you know, there are loads of comics. I mean, he works with all sorts of different comics, obviously. But you know, again, it was just it was just you know, he wasn't calculatedly thinking right. Who's the best support act for me? <laughs> you know, it was. I just think I'm there in the room when the phone call comes in or whatever. And oh yeah, go on then. And and were you? But but I mean, like, were you blasé about that, or did that kind of? Yeah, I, I was blasé about it. I mean, it, because I didn't. Because he, you know, I I uh, I just had no idea how hard it is to to, to make it, you know. Um, and um, and and so yeah, it was, you know, um, it, it, this this kind of generosity and and giving people a leg up um yeah I, I i i hope i wasn't you know didn't take it for granted or was 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 ungrateful but you know that it would that they defined it for me you know they were the first people i worked with and then it was only subsequently when you see you stay in the industry long enough it's only subsequently to realize oh no these these guys really are special <laughs> you know yeah. um and i would i would imagine stuart's audience would be a, an interesting one because you know it's his is a particular type of stand-up i absolutely love it but it's kind of quite out there quite kind of experimental in form was it hard to kind of win over an audience like that no no they were great they, they, because they, I think, because they knew me from uh, the TV show, um, and um, uh, and and you've got to have, you know, you've got to have a sort of open mind, you know. Stuart's stand up is is uh, is, you know, you need to have a bit of bit of an open mind about stuff. So yeah, you know, I, I, I. Uh, once I did badly. I can't remember what it was, but and Stuart told me off because I wasn't very loud. I had I had very bad microphone techniques. So I was just the front row were laughing and no one else was, and and it turned out it's because I wasn't holding the microphone very close to my mouth. Um, but uh, no, it was they were they were uh, the, the, almost the perfect audience for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how do you go from there to starting to do your own tours and your own kind of um, gigs? Well, you just copy, you know. So I started, I, you know, I copied Richard Herring by uh, just writing comedy plays. So when, when, uh, when yeah, so I started doing writing comedy plays and taking them up to the Edinburgh Festival. And then... Um, I've only toured. I've actually just it just came up on f Facebook my my only tour uh, in theatres. Uh, that was thirteen years ago. Um, uh, I eventually I did do a fifty date tour of the UK, but that was of um, people's houses. Um, I did a, a living room tour um, because uh, yeah, I, I do. There are people who like my comedy, but not not very many. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, what was the question? It was just about like uh, going from uh, supporting Stuart Lee to then going and uh, doing your own kind of full length routines. 
Yeah, well, yeah, I, I mean, just, yeah, yeah, it, it's, it, it, uh, I mean, it's hard, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm lucky, there's enough, you know, well, there's, there's, somehow I, I'm still asked to do uh, comedy. People will give me money uh, to do comedy, and um, I find that, uh unbelievable but it does happen i mean it's, it's you know it even happened last saturday you know even post lockdown it's still happening and and and, and, and you know there were more to, there are more gigs to come uh dr squee there are more gigs that i'm going to be paid more money this year uh, not more money weirdly i'm actually going to be paid less money than last year but that's that's the economics of it isn't it but um yeah, I've got more gigs, um, and uh, you know, in front of much smaller audiences uh, than uh, Stuart Lee-sized audiences. And he, and of course, you know, I was his support act when he was uh, not as popular as he is now, even. Um, Yeah, um, you mentioned Edinburgh there. Uh, what's it like, kind of mounting an Edinburgh show? So you said you you wrote, wrote took some plays up there. Yeah, I I I, uh, I I think I took five plays up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how how did it go, like mounting your first production? Well, it was, it was re again. It's really easy because <laughs> because uh, I I, uh, I had a, 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 a brilliant manager. And uh, who must have been naive as well. Um, so uh, we got, we, we did this, you know, my first, well, you know, I don't know, I'd, I'd written other rubbishy things, you know, the thing that Jeremy and Abby came to that got me into uh, Rich's play. But um, yeah, I, 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 I wrote a play and uh, somehow he managed to get me a deal so that I was in this venue in the Gilded Balloon. And uh, there was some kind of sponsorship deal, some production company. Somehow he managed to wangle it. So, I mean, I couldn't pay the actors, obviously, but there was a way, I don't know, but we managed to get actors up there in the play. We did the play. Um, and, uh, it, you know, it didn't lose that much money. It got, amazingly, it got, it got good reviews. And then... I managed to do three more plays because production companies were were sponsoring the plays. Um, so uh, I, I was losing other people's money. And then I even managed to sell the plays afterwards. Yeah, you I, I would sell them before. Yeah, you'd, you'd, I'd, that's what it was, yeah. So I'd sell, either before or after Edinburgh, you'd sell them as a, as a format for radio or television. Okay. And um, so you know, I never made any, never made any money, but I, but I, but it was always like it was always possible, you know, it's possible. Um, so yeah, I think going to Edinburgh, like the goal is just to to lose as little money as possible, sure. Or, or other people's money, yeah. Other people's money, yeah, that'll yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. So that so that yeah, and then uh, latterly, um, the, the 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 free fringe. Um, became possible um so um so now um and then and then i've, I've, I've 
my friend Martha lives in Edinburgh and uh, I have to walk Daisy, um, her, her dog. Um, if I walk Daisy every day, I get free accommodation in, in Edinburgh uh, and I get a free room. Um, so um, yeah, I can, I can still do the Edinburgh Festival. Um, and, um, and it's, and it's financially viable. Yeah. A free room in Edinburgh, I think at fringe time is, is gold dust. Just makes it possible. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. And uh, something which I found on Wiki, which just seems like a, a, I, I don't know how this quote works and it might be Wikipedia's reporting of it, but in 2007, uh, you addressed the Oxford union on the meaning of life, disproving Descartes maxim ego <laughs> Cogno ito sum by tipping a glass of water on your head. Yeah. I, I, how did that disprove that? <laughs> that's, uh, I think therefore I am, isn't it? Yeah, I think therefore I am. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it depends how you understand. I think therefore I am. I, th I mean, most people have misunderstood it, but um, yeah. I mean, so you can, I mean, I, I assume what I was doing there is uh, uh, I, I'm just trying to show that um, experience is prior uh, to thought there we go um or 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 a sense of identity a sense of um you know being someone is 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 prior uh to the thought that i am that, that's what it is and so uh why did i tip a glass of water over my head because uh, it was I, it was shocking because i was in i was in the oxford union in a very nice room and um it's, all, it's usually all about words and stuff there. And, uh, and I had explained, I'd said some words. Um, and then to illustrate the point, you know, do something to, um, you know, to, to sort of surprise them into a moment where the brain, the mind wouldn't generate thought. So uh, pick up the glass of water on the table, pour it over your head. And then, and then, yeah. Did you notice there was a brief millisecond where you where where there was nothing, and then you're like, "Oh my God, what's this guy doing?" But before you said to yourself, "Oh my God, what's this guy doing?" You were still there. That's that means that there, there's something before a thought. And, I love that. Uh, yeah, but uh, but but yeah. So but so uh, you know, it's it's uh, the way it's described it's to say that I disproved cogito ergo sum. Uh, I mean, there's no, uh, I, I, you know, I think that that's not the way to understand. That's not the best. That's not, not the most interesting thing about what Descartes did. Um, Descartes, well, the best, the most, the most interesting thing is is the methodology, which is to doubt everything. So if you doubt everything, there's only one, and, and then Descartes would probably agree with me. Um, that if you doubt ev everything, there is, you're left with only one thing that cannot be doubted. Um, and, 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 and that is, uh, that uh, I poured a glass of water over my head. Um, no, what can't be doubted, you, you, you could, uh, everything could be, we could be in a, a computer simulation. So Descartes said, uh, we could be tricked by an evil, um, magician or an evil devil, an evil genie could, could, could create an hallucination of the universe. Um, or we could imagine that, um, uh, this is a, a computer s simulation from a much more advanced civilization and um, uh, and somebody on a rainy afternoon on the on the planet is having the experience 
of being Dr. Squee in the early 21st century on planet Earth, and someone else is having the experience of being uh, a, a minor comedian from the 21st century. That could be happening. We don't know. We can't disprove it. But what cannot be doubted is that something is happening. Yeah, and someone so, is having yeah. some thought that contextualizes. So, well, not, 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 you can doubt that there's even someone. This, this could be one okay. person talking to itself. Okay, this could be a, yeah. a, a, a sophisticated virtual reality game in which a person uh, takes a little bit of something, puts on the headset, and divides themselves into two and talks themselves. That could happen. But what cannot be doubted is that there is something. That's the only thing we know for certain. Um, and everything else, we we we, uh, we don't know for certain. It could be doubted. So uh, that's 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 the, that's what I was hoping for when you pour the glass of wine over your head. Uh, okay, something is happening, Mr. Jones, but you don't know what it is. That that's that's this. And was that kind of? Uh, planned out in advance was just that there in the moment like let me get myself into a new space it just seems like uh no you've got this kind of great experimental gene to kind of put yourself into a different space through something on stage does that make any sense where i'm saying this well you know so i i love doing i love surprising myself on stage and i and and, and that's the that's that's the whole thing for me that i mean the whole thing is probably getting to that state you know that's what i like that's that's what drew me that's why being booed on stage or, or, or making people laugh on stage kind of was almost the same thing for me because I, I liked the distillation of the moment I, I, the, the walking out on stage that heightened tingly bit that was it for me um, and uh, so uh, uh, yeah the, well, they said to me come and can you come and speak to us on the meaning of life uh, I don't know why and uh, so I had um, I had I think I had uh, I mean, I'd, I'd seen people pour glasses of water over their head. I was in the Sufi school for a while. So, I, you know, I knew the tricks. Um, and, uh, you know, there was water there. They weren't understanding what I was saying. <laughs> I don't have any water here, Dr. Squibb. I had a, I've drunk it all. I've got a little bit. There you go. I, yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I've got more. I had slightly more left. Yeah. <laughs> I'll follow you up that cliff. It's all good. <laughs> so, <laughs> with this kind of like uh, enjoyment of kind of getting to different spaces, uh, how does it sit with you when you do stuff like acting? So you've kind of popped up from time to gentleman, please. You did that sort of turn on um, this one, Rich and not Judy. Does is, does that create the same buzz in the same way? No, 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 not really. Um, I'm not very good at acting and um, I don't like getting up early in the mornings um, and uh, I don't like TV studios um, so no you know these are all things that, that again I don't get out of merit I just get out of being friends with the right people um, so yeah do you, what do you do to keep yourself engaged in those experiences then just try and learn from the kind of comedians just, around just, you or just, just, just get by the time I got to, to be put in television shows I had learned, try not to fuck it up for everyone else. 
Um, so that's, you know, and that's what I do, you know, and I do, and that's, I was telling someone the other night, I, we, so we did, went back to doing comedy on Saturday night, and uh, I say a silent prayer before I go on stage. I don't know who I'm praying to because we don't know what's happening. We don't know who's there. Uh, but I say a prayer anyway. I say, please let me not ruin everyone's night. That's my prayer before I go on stage. And I, and that's what it is now. If I ever do, you know, I, I was filming something yesterday um, and I came close to ruining it, I think. Um, but um, yeah, that's my, that's, that is the one thing I've learned uh, through all these years is to really try hard not to ruin it for everyone else. Not bad maxim to live by. And uh, you went over to Japan in 2019? Yeah, yeah, I tried. I, I've ruined Japan for everyone now. Um, it's, you know, I didn't want to, but uh, no, that was, again, another piece of luck. Nothing to do with me. Aidan Killian, the Irish uh, storyteller and comedian and promoter, he used to run a, um, run a little circuit out uh, in Southeast Asia. He invited me out. Um, and, uh, I, I, I did a little tour of Southeast Asia and the last date was in, in Tokyo and, uh, it went well, uh, mainly because there was a very nice promoter and, um, he filled the room for me and, um, he invited me back four times in, in 2019. So I am now the uh, biggest selling um, uh, stand-up comedian in Japan um, after Trevor Noah um, and Dave Chappelle. Nice, I like it. Yeah. And and it's, it's, it, it seems the ultimate way of kind of uh, putting yourself in, a, uh, in an unusual position to get that adrenaline rush, to be in a completely different country. Uh, just And you were going without a script, is this correct? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been going out with, without a script for a few years now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. Like Japan. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I, I would. I, I guess what I'm getting at is like, uh, what's it like to go out in an audience where you don't know they could have a completely different expectation of comedy based on kind of cultural differences? All this. Yeah, well, they're not. They're not Japanese. You know, very few. I do. There are some Japanese people that come, but it, they're, they're, you know, so it's like, it's uh, it, no, no more than a hundred people can come. It's a tiny British bar. So most of the people there speak English as a first language, which means they're American or Australian or British or Canadian. And then obviously, because it is in Japan, um, there are um, Anglophile uh, Japanese that come as well. Um, and, um, or, or, you know, boyfriends and girlfriends, um, or, you know, uh, unlucky staff. Uh, and, um, so um you know I'm, I'm not doing it in japanese um it's, it's, it's i'm not big in japan um it, 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 it's, it's just you know there's a great guy paul davies in uh, good heavens bar in shima kitazawa and he he uh likes my my show and um and so he pushes it to his to his um his punters and then the weird thing about my show is uh you can come and see it again and it's completely different and so people do come and see it again so that's that's why i could do it four times because you know it, it, it's, it's always going to be different and and the people twig oh yeah 
will come again because uh, they want to bring their friends because they can't, they, you know, it's, it's something slightly different, isn't it? So they like to uh, say, oh, come and see this. Oh, they, oh, they don't believe, that. some people don't believe that it's got no jokes. They think it, that it, I've just got a sophisticated cast uh, um, and, and, they, and they want to come again and, 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 and spot the actors, you know, doing the rehearsed bits. Um, so that's um, so that's how it works, um, and uh, you know I've done it enough now. Yeah, it's still nerve wracking uh, because in in you know like before the, like weeks before the gig, I'm not nervous about having no jokes. But you know, in the minutes, you know, in the five minutes before I go on stage, uh, yeah, then I really regret my choices. <laughs> <laughs> it's ever regret of for not doing something more scripted or is it just yeah it's just really weird because kind of, i mean yeah. one of the reasons why i do it this way is because it goes much better than when i used to do jokes um and um it always goes well and uh but that but no matt i never learned from that so i don't learn from bad experiences or good experiences so the fact that it goes well i never learn that i still get nervous on saturday night um i did a gig at Ivor Dembina's place in, in Camden and um, and a comic called Gabby Killick was on just before me and um, and she was really good and and absolutely blew the roof off the place and I and, and you know and I was just like oh well there we go <laughs> I've got to go on now and the two comics next to me uh, uh, Vitali, what's his name, and 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 Stephen Allen, they both leaned over to me and said, "Oh, good luck." <laughs> you know, it was that good, and uh, and I just thought, well, this is this. I it serves me right, it serves me right for for being so for not having any. When will I learn to prepare some jokes? And um, you know, and I and I walked up, <laughs> I walked up. You know, I was introduced, I walked up and I just, you know, I said the prayer, please don't let me ruin it for these people. <laughs> and, uh, and just, and I was just like, well, fuck it. You know, it's about time I died on my ass again. You know, I, I never believe I can do it in the, in that minute, you know, in that little bit before I go up on stage, I, 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 I am walking to certain failure. But that seems to be weirdly tied to what you enjoy about it from what you've told me. So, like, how do you marry those two things up? Well, because then it goes well. So then it goes really well, you know. And yeah. so then I think, well, oh, yeah, I'm definitely never going to tell a joke again. And then sometimes I do. So, like, uh, in that little bit where we opened up at the end of November, I did do a gig. I did uh, um, Esther Manito's gig in the same room with um, David Mills. They, they were running a new material night. For some reason, they... I mean, who do you think of for new material? Me. They said, do you want to come do some new material? And I wrote some jokes. And, uh, and, 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 uh, yeah, and, and died properly, you know. Um, so, um, yeah, that's why. Uh, I, I, I uh, can't do it with jokes so, so easily as other people can. Yeah. So that's, and that's, you... you know. Um, you now pass on your uh, improvisational skills, uh, like you you teach improvisation now. No, I don't. I teach joke writing. Oh, pardon me. Sorry. That's you the teach... weird thing. That is the strange <laughs> thing. So I, so I have a thing two or three times a week. 
and um called joke hospital and you know um really good comics come along with their material and i sort of lead a a a, a joke workshop you know we, we we make their material better um and uh it's yeah it's amazing and it's popular and i'm quite good at it it's really odd um i i really love it i like uh, helping other people make their jokes better um and uh, yeah i've been doing that for nearly a year now and um it doesn't make sense does it um I don't know. Is there something like improvisational to someone coming at you with their material and you've got to on the fly help them punch well, it so the, so the, the secret is this. Obviously, I do jokes when I'm on, on stage. That is how it works. Mm. It's just that I don't know what the jokes will be. Uh, they're, they're, they're made up in the moment. But the reason people are laughing is because I'm saying things that are funny, otherwise known as jokes. Okay? So that's it it's just it's just that i don't hold on to any i don't use any twice you know my my, my mine are not they're 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 disposable I, I do i'm a disposable comedian um one use jokes so so i have that skill obviously i i i know how to do the old you know sleight of hand and and switcheroony you know i can do it and i can do it with words on a page or just um on stage with nothing so that that's it i guess and do you think there's kind of like something which you get out of kind of um being around all these different comedians coming to you where you're kind of uh, teaching about joke writing does it help you think in a different way and kind of put your mind space in a different place um well, well uh, yeah it's just just nice it's, it's 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 a nice little community and uh um and i you know, I learn about popular culture because a lot of the jokes are, you know, about they're they're, they're about uh, you know feminism or pop music uh, or you know some people do write about their experience growing. You know, I learn a lot about South Africa because there's one one guy writes a lot about South Africa or Cambodia. There's another guy in Cambodia, um, so it's fascinating. You know, it is really interesting. Uh, there's lots of women. So there's lots of jokes about feminism. Well, not about feminism, but um, you know, feminist point of view jokes. You know, these 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 aren't things that I'm interested in or aware of or know about. And so, yeah, it's it's enjoyable from that point of view. Um, and uh, and I don't teach them. I'm just sort of like in charge. I just lead the, you know. I just, uh, I'm like the, you know, the, I lead it. Um, so, but it is still, I do find it quite odd in a way, but, uh, but in, in a, from another way, yeah, it kind of makes sense. Um, and I've been playing a lot of chess recently and I think chess has made me better. I think uh, chess is, is a good skill for joke writing, I think. Um, okay, how, how does that help with joke writing? I, I, I think because you have to, you know, if, if, you, if you're playing just properly, you have to sort of uh, see, uh, you, you know, you're, you're visualising things, you're, you're, you're um, looking for um, alternatives, you're looking for, for you're, you're moving things around 
you're creating little, um, you know, in a way of creating mini narratives, three-dimensional narratives, and you're creating um, alternative mini narratives of what the pieces could do before you make your mind up. And so that's what you're doing with a joke. So you'll have the idea of the joke. I want to make a joke about how, um, you know, uh, men are like this. Uh, I, want to, I want to write a joke about how uh, uh, men are uh, lazy. And, and then you then you can then you and, and I want to use my brother as the example and my mother as the example. And then you've you've got the blocks and then you can sort of move them. This is a very bad. I'm much better than this when I'm not half asleep. Ian. I, don't pay me for this. I'll give you a free. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I won't keep you any longer. Uh, uh, thank you very much um, for joining us tonight. I hope you've had a good time. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't, I didn't realise it's over. That went quick. Did, have you got anything you want to plug while you're here? Uh, yeah. So, um, uh, come to Joke Hospitals. I, I used to have a website, but uh, something's gone wrong with it, so it's not up. So you can't come to the, the, the Joke Hospitals. And I, I'm doing a show, but again, the website's not up. Um, if you are in London, you can remember things. Uh, I'm doing... A, it's, it's free. Um, it's just a tryout for a new format called... Uh, who do they think you are in, on at the Camden Head? Oh, no, I changed the title. It's called Judgment Day. Judgment Day. Um, and it's me and some brilliant comedians uh, judging people on their appearance uh, for an hour in Camden on the 11th of June. Come to that. Uh, we, we're going to be putting this out on radio on my radio show on Thursday. Is there any tunes you'd like to hear, Trevor? Any tunes I'd like to hear on Thursday? Any tunes? Yeah, any tunes you'd like what to hear. What time's it going out on Thursday? It's it's between 8 and 10, but I am allowed to swear. 8 and 10 in the evening? Um, yeah. I, 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 I don't think I can listen to it then. Um, would you play, um, you know, play something by uh, Joni Mitchell. Yeah. No, play... Uh, Play play something by Giant Sand because because that's because we were talking about Stuart Lee, and and and, he, and Stuart Lee yeah, likes uh, Giant Sand. I'm not familiar with them. Any any track recommendations? Um, uh, um I don't know. Uh, is that all there is? The the Peggy Lee cover. This Giant Sand's cover of the Peggy Lee classic. Is that all there is? Fantastic. Uh, so on the radio, you'll be hearing that right now. Wait a minute. Okay. I remember when I was a kid, I was watching the Honeymooners. And the whole damn TV set caught on fire, and Dad picked me up like a football. That is Big Yellow Taxi by Joni Mitchell. And uh, before that, you enjoyed my interview with Trevor Locke and uh, also the track which he requested. In fact, we got both of his requests in. So he wanted uh, Is That All There Is by Giant Sand and he wanted something by Joni Mitchell. 
two for one. Come on, can't say fairer. And we'd like to thank Trevor for being part of the show this week, as well as uh, to Nicola, my dear lady, for being on the show tonight. Uh, we're just kind of heading towards the last 10 minutes of the show, and uh, thank you all for listening, by the way. And uh, th- this weekend, I'm actually having my second vaccine. And, uh, you know, it's it's not kind of fully connected, but part of the reason I wanted to lose the weight was because it comes up to that point whereby they said that if you have the vaccine, you're less likely um, to have any ill effects of it or ill effects from COVID if you're a bit lighter in weight. So that kind of slightly helped influence my decision. I don't know where I was going with that, but uh, I just want to say, guys, look, I'm about to have my second vaccine and it is worth doing. Like, um, you just feel a warmth in your arm and then uh, the side effects, which either me or Nicola had in the first kind of vaccine, was very trifling. Going to get my second one done and then just think, three weeks after that, you know, you're, you're all vaccinated. Uh, you're all ready to rock. Uh, obviously, have to take these things seriously and be careful out there, as always. But, uh, but yeah, you're more protected. And I've got to say, it's still strange, though. I think I mentioned last week or the week before on the show that uh, I went on the bus. Actually, no, I don't think it's happened at that time. But the, I went on the bus the other day and, and all the kind of like uh, markers are down so you can sit next to each other. And I was on there with Nicola. So Nicola was sat next to me, which was fine. But geez, I, I don't know how I'm going to feel the first time someone sits next to me on the bus. That'll feel a little bit claustrophobic, a little bit weird. I mean, who thought getting on a bus and someone sitting next to you would be a weird thing? Admittedly, with some of the randos you get on a bus, maybe it should be a weird thing at any given time. But um, man, I think that's the challenge we've got ahead of us is returning to normal life, getting used to that, for that to be normal again. Uh, so guys, look look after yourselves. Do uh, be forgiving of yourselves if it does feel a bit weird to begin with. But we will all get there and eventually we'll get back to some sort of normalcy. Uh, you know, we're hearing norm- more stuff about the kind of vaccines all the time and about how, um, you know, even though there is this Indian variant going around that the vaccine, the vaccines do work against it, not 100%, but it will curtail the worst effects of COVID. And also we've got the fact that, um, you know, they're looking at, apparently they're looking at resequencing. I've just heard from Nicola, they're looking at resequencing the vaccines to have even less side effects. So uh, guys, look, I don't mean to get public service announcement on you, but please get yourself protected as best you can. Anyway, look, we've got just enough time for a couple more tracks. Uh, Let's go for one I almost started playing by accident earlier. So this is Guns N' Roses knocking on heaven's door. Now. You know what, guys? I'm really sorry to start a track and then end it like that. But um, yeah, we haven't got enough time. I just put it going on that track and I was like, oh, shit, is that the time already? So you just heard Guns N' Roses knocking on Heaven's Door and then the start of Modern Day Apprentice by Gregory Porter. We have run out of time for the show tonight. Hope you enjoyed it, as always. 
And uh, we've been joined tonight by Travelock and my lady, Nicola Gosling. Please join us again next week uh, where my guest will be someone else. I haven't arranged yet. We'll find out. Guys, have a fantastic week. Thank you for joining us. I've been Dr. Squee. That was my show. And please remember, in a world where you can be anything, be kind. I'm not trying to win. I'm not doing this because I want to beat someone, because I hate someone, or because, because I want to blame someone. It's not because it's fun. God knows it's not because it's easy. It's not even because it works, because it hardly ever does. I do what I do because it's right, because it's decent, and above all, it's kind. It's just that, just kind. Hey, you know, maybe there's no point in any of this at all, but it's the best I can do. Why not? Just at the end.